Welcome in everybody to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a little bit of snark built in. We are a podcast of Burnt Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn coverage at burntorangenation.com. Thank you so much for listening in again this week. It means a lot to us. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on iTunes. It helps a ton of visibility. Share this with your friends wherever you found it, whether it's the website, on Twitter, again, Google Play, Stitcher, or iTunes. You can subscribe there, share it with your friends, share it with somebody you know loves, Texas Longhorn Sports. You can follow us on Twitter, at Longhorn Pod. You can shoot us an email at LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. Now, I'm Gerald Goodridge, your host. Apologize for the voice. It's allergy season up here in Oklahoma. My kid got sick and it got passed around my entire family, but I could not miss this week. Texas is going bowling. Kyle is missing this week. He is somewhere in the Caribbean on a cruise ship, and I'm super salty about it. But I found a great fill-in. I am joined by a man whose name I did not know how to pronounce about 10 minutes ago, Wes Crochet. Wes, how are you doing today? Gerald, doing well. Thank you for having me. Thank you for getting the name correct. Always a pleasure. You know, it is something that I'm sensitive about. Uh, my name gets butchered every time I order takeout. So it's something I really, really want to bring to the table is getting people's names correct. So I mentioned it off top. Texas is going bowling. They came up with a big win over West Virginia. So we'll break that down, uh, let you know what happened there. We'll give you a bit of a tech preview. And then some some interesting things, some cool things happen in some other non-revenue generating, but still very important sports. So Wes, let's get started and let's talk about West Virginia. So Texas traveled to Morgantown, one of the toughest places to play in the entire world, if I do say so myself, and managed to come out with a 28 to 14 win. You know, Will Greer aside, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Texas finally found a way to uh, to get things moving on the ground and, and on the offensive side. So, Wes, watching the game, you know, what stuck out to you is something that really uh, that really was a uh, was a key point for Texas in this win. Well, first of all, man, is it nice to have Connor Williams back? What a difference that guy makes. Um, you could just tell with him the the left side of the line was just so much stronger throughout the entire game. And, and then the ripple effect he has on that side of the ball, it looked like every time they were running or a lot of the times they were running, they were just running right behind him, letting him set that edge. One moment that sticks out to me has to be the moment when Brandon Jones forced that fumble on the goal line of Will Greer. And then that moment, uh, you know, you never want to see a player get hurt, but there's no denying that Will Greer going out of the game, Change that game a little bit, uh, or maybe even a lot bit, uh, for West Virginia. They just never could overcome that turbulence after that on offense. And, you know, credit the Texas defense for really doing a good job on the West Virginia offense. Yeah, you saw it get tweeted. I think it was um, it was Aaron Williams or one of the old Texas DBs that you got to defend every blade of grass. That was one of the grossest sports injuries I've ever seen uh, in person. Not in person, but live, you know, that was pretty disgusting. But you're absolutely right. The 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 West Virginia offense really didn't seem to click there. Their backup quarterback was kind of off. He didn't really – wasn't able to hit receivers in stride. He had a couple of bad passes. I mean, the defense obviously played as well as they have all year. But you hit on the ground game in Connor Williams, and that dude is just nasty. Like, it is so good to see that attitude in the offense. You know, they they racked up 233 yards on the ground. Uh, that's their second highest rushing total, the highest since that San Jose State um, beat down in the second week of the season that that made people think, oh, this Texas team might actually have something. Um, you know, there was a two-play drive 
where both times they went same play off tackle left 46 yards for a score. So clearly that changed something for the Texas offense. You know, Connor Williams didn't give up a single sack. Obviously none of the offensive line gave up sack. He didn't give up any quarterback pressures. I think there were like 31 pass plays in the game. So what defensively was stuck out to you uh, for Texas outside of um, the, the injury play that, that honestly said to chill up my spine and a lot of people's spines. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, when you think about it and when you look back at it, Texas, the defense, they did pretty much everything well. They didn't really give up a ton of big plays. They did a really good job of, um, you know, keeping West Virginia from benefiting from any silly mistakes. And I think that's a huge difference you've seen this season with the defense underneath Todd Orlando versus what we saw last season under the last coaching regime is there's just not as many huge errors and just kind of silly mistakes, especially in the secondary. And even with, with Will Greer or not, I was impressed with the secondary who's without Holton Hill right now, um, who we saw last week against Kansas they even got, you know, picked apart a little bit without Holt Hill in the lineup. In this game, I felt like they did a, a better job of not getting as picked apart um, throughout the entire game. It, it was, I was pretty impressed. It was a good all-around performance by the defense. They forced West Virginia, and West Virginia's always kind of been a one-dimensional team, but holding them to 56 yards on the ground is huge because you know, like, if they're not running the ball, you can you can drop that extra man into coverage and let your front, you know, front four guys really get some pressure. You know, they came up two sacks, two tackles for loss. Our man, Gary Johnson, we talk about him a lot. He's, he's like the unsung hero on the defense came away. Big 12 player of the week, co big 12 player of the week. Really, really, um, shining as part of that defensive crew. Doesn't get a ton of shine, but it's glad to see a guy like that get some shine. So, so Wes, as we, as we look at going, um, from West Virginia to Texas Tech, um, you know, Tech is kind of a bit of, I don't want to call them a tire fire, um, but it feels apropos to call them a tire fire at this point. Uh, so they're five and six in overall, two and eight in the conference. So what does it look like Texas for senior night? Guys like Puna Ford who have been here through the downs and maybe can enjoy it up. What does it look like um as they try to turn the corner, continue to turn the corner uh, against a, a high-powered Texas Tech offense. They want to get that win. They want to get in the season with a winning record. Uh, you know, it's crazy to think the past, th- what, three seasons, Texas hasn't had a winning record. So these juniors on this team haven't ended the season with a winning record. And that's nuts. Um, so, I mean, I, I think they're going to be fired up. And, and really, Texas should absolutely win this game. Uh, Texas Tech is, you know, you and I were talking about it before the show. Texas Tech is basically a watered-down version of what they normally are. Uh, Offensively, they're putting up a lot of stats. They have a pretty good uh, scoring total. I think they're fourth in the Big 12 uh, in Big 12 play, averaging like 31 points a game or so, you know, compared to Texas, they're at 25. Really, in this matchup, though, the defense is is going to win the game for Texas or it's going to lose the game for Texas. I'm not worried about what the offense will do. I think regardless of the struggles the offense has had, with Connor Williams back, uh, there's some stability on that line. I, I'm really looking for what the defense will do against Texas Tech. Um, just, again, don't give up any silly mistakes. I think that's a big key in this game. Just keep them in front of you. Keep this, this Texas Tech offense that likes to sling it around. Just keep them in front of you and, and make them work. You talked about it earlier when we we're looking at West Virginia, but the the defense, I feel like they needed to figure out who they were without Holton Hill, that especially that that secondary, and, and Kansas took advantage of that. Uh, but I think we've we've seen who they are now um, against West Virginia because West Virginia is is a really potent offense. You know, any 
any offense out there in West Virginia has been potent since the days of Steve Slayton. So that you saw, I think, what this Texas defense is capable of. So I think Shimanek is obviously going to get his numbers. That's just what he does. They're going to sling it around the yard. If Texas can get pressure on him, if Texas can continue to create that havoc in the backfield, they are going to be without Breck Hager for, for the first half due to that kind of questionable targeting call. I think questionable is a good way to say it. So that that could cause some issues in one of their more consistent pass rushers throughout the last few games. The matchup for me is is Chris Boyd or whoever's going to draw the uh, the top receiver. Going one-on-one with Kiki Katu. Katui, however he says last night. It's a weird name. Too many vowels in there. You uh, thought my last name was weird. Yeah, that guy. Woo. So uh, he's seventh in the nation of receiving yards. He's got over a thousand yards and nine touchdowns through these through these eleven games. So he has put up some numbers. So whoever draws that matchup is one that's really really going to be interesting to me to see. Uh, you said a little bit earlier about the the offense being able to get their numbers. I think that's that's pretty standard. You know, they're 106th in, in total defense. West, uh, Texas Tech is so they're they're giving up quite a few yards. So let's let's talk and ask the question that's probably on everybody's mind. Or maybe not on everybody's mind. So Bouchelle got the start against West Virginia. Had a couple of series. Ellinger came in and the offense seemed to move under Ellinger. It wasn't really moving poorly under Bouchelle, but Ellinger just came in and did something. So do you see you know, this coaching staff making a switch for Texas Tech in senior night, going from Ellinger to Bouchelle or doing the same two series and then third series, somebody else comes in? What do you, what do you think they do with the quarterback spot on Saturday or Friday? They'd be crazy not to start Sam. And I say it for two reasons. Really, in my opinion, the staff wants Sam to be the guy, at least right now and, and maybe even going into the offseason into next season, for two reasons. One is what he can do with his legs. And we have to remember that Herman and Beck are both guys who have used quarterbacks that can run quite a bit in their in their past stops. And that's who they recruit. You know, that's who they want is dual threat quarterbacks. And then along with that, I I think what Sam brings from a leadership standpoint and the confidence that he has and plays with, that goes a long way. And he's just a freshman, yet he already is acting like a big time leader of this team. And and you see the players rally around that and just his style of play. Also players rally around that with how he can extend plays. He's tough, he's gritty. But again, that confidence, you know, he he threw that pick six when Texas was going to, I think it was 14-0, and they were about to go up to 21-0. He throws a pick six right in the red zone, and now it goes from a potential three-score game to a one-score game. Well, he came back out, and he kept just grinding away. You know, he didn't get his head down. He didn't get flustered, and I think that's something that not many quarterbacks have, let alone a true freshman quarterback who hasn't really started all season long. And uh, I think they'd be crazy not to to go with Sam Ellinger. Yeah, I think you're 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 onto something there. There was a spot, and it it may have flown under some radar after I don't remember what series it was, but the offensive line came off, and they were sitting down, and and Ellinger was there, like getting in their faces and clapping to try to get them hyped. I think that's the that's the thing that this team has been missing for quite some time. I I honestly got tired of hearing coaching staffs, whether it was, you know, Tom Herman said it today in his presser about, you know, he's not, there are guys that aren't very vocal leaders. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but for me, when it comes to a sport like football, I need a vocal leader. I need somebody that's going to get hype and get up in somebody's face. And, and like you said, I think, I mean, the proof is in the pudding for me. They played in the same number of games this year. So we're, we're comparing, you know, apples and apples and apples there. He's got more yardage. He's got more touchdowns. He's got one more interception. 
Uh, he's averaging more yards per game. So I think Ellinger is the guy. Like it, it just seems to me like he's the guy that the offense moves under. And this is no knock on Shane Bouchelle because Shane Bouchelle played a heck of a season last year. And he's been a really great player for, for the team. But I think you're absolutely right. On, on Friday, I think Ellinger has to be the guy. And I, again, I wouldn't be surprised based on recent history if Bouchelle gets the first two series and then Ellinger comes in and, and doesn't leave the field. So we do want to talk a little bit about you know, just some, some changes. Vahe, who's been the stalwart on the offensive line, is out with an MCL strain. And we talked earlier about the, the ground game getting going. Do you think that's going to have a big effect uh, on a ground game that they're going to need to get going to keep this Texas Tech offense off the field? Uh, yeah, it will. And Texas Tech's rush defense is, is not great. And, you know, and it's great to see Texas do well against West Virginia last week on the ground. The other flip side of that is West Virginia's rush defense isn't that great either. I, you know, again, I don't think Tech's defense is going to do a thing to, to slow this rush offense down. I expect more of the same of what we saw against West Virginia, especially with Connor Williams back. And I know the Vahe loss hurts, but having Connor Williams there to set that edge, to really just drive that left side of the, the offensive line just goes a long way. And, you know, it's good to see a guy like Daniel Young finally step in, who what I consider him to be the starter. And so I hope to see him get, you know, 10, 12, 15 carries at least. Um, I think he's the best running back on the team. And then you sprinkle in some to Neil Carter, who can add a different dimension, who really didn't have a great game against West Virginia. But I think he could bounce back against Tech. Um, and I think those two guys could really do some damage against Texas Tech. Daniel Young has that has that shake that you like to see in a running back, especially uh, in the in the previous weeks where they've needed a little bit of that in the backfield, unfortunately. So yeah, I think Daniel Young is going to look really, really good. Uh, and it's good to see Chris Warren out there getting reps. I know Texas is very, very uh, thin at offensive line. We actually just got word that Cade Brewer is now out for the season with the torn ACL. So Texas continues to get thinner at tight end. The curse of Jermichael Finley, I think, is what is happening. <laughs> I'm not sure what what has happened there. Uh, so so Wes, let's just let's just flat out say, it. do you think Texas gets a win on Friday? Yeah, it'd be a huge disappointment if they didn't. To be honest, I mean, after what they did against West Virginia, even with Will Greer, Will Greer out. The fact that they're now bowl eligible, this is a home game. This is a very, very, very winnable game for Texas. It, it would be a huge disappointment if they didn't. And I think they'll get it done. I, I think they'll get it done by a few scores too. This this for me, if they can get a win on thanks on I guess the day after Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving weekend, it would be a it would be a huge win for momentum regardless of what happens in a bowl game but closing out your final home game of the season guaranteeing you have a winning record for the year even if they lose the bowl game they'll still have a winning record so that'll be fantastic sending seniors out a guy like puna ford who you know what didn't have to come to texas but want to come to texas because he loved he loved the organization he loved you know what charlie strong had you know rest in peace charlie um you know that that for me again would be a big deal and and I'm just going to say it because I don't think we have any tech fans that listen. I cannot freaking stand Texas Tech. <laughs> it's just one of those. I just, I can't. I was there for the Michael Crabtree game and I, it was awful. Well, that'll leave a bad taste in your mouth. Well, yeah. I mean, it didn't hurt that I got hit with six tortillas and almost with a piece of the benches because let's tear apart our own benches. That's a great way to, I, I could go on that rant for, for, for six hours. So I'm just not going to do it. Anywho, <laughs> beating tech for me, always a great time. I, 
enjoy it. We're going to have to put a, a not safe for tech fans warning on this podcast. Uh, so quickly, let's jump in and we'll talk about some of the other sports that happen on the 40 acres. It is Texas is a football school and it will always be a football school, but the other sports that are going on right now are doing some really cool things. So Wes, are you big into the other, the other sports on campus? You know, probably not as much as I should be. I, I've been watching the basketball games and uh, of course that'd be a, a, one of the bigger sports around. Um, I, I do know the women's soccer team, I think just bowed out of the tournament recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know UT volleyball has been rolling as usual. So that's about where I stand at the moment with the other UT sports teams. Yeah. So you hit it. So soccer, the soccer the, the ladies, so- I say ladies soccer team. There's only one soccer team. So the soccer yeah. team, uh, they, they, like, like you said, bowed out of the third round of the NCAA tournament, uh, three Oh to, to the number one seed, I believe. So that, you know, it, it happens. Um, uh, but they, they had a thrilling, I actually watched most of this game and then my kids started throwing a fit. They actually had a really thrilling one zero win over Clemson on Saturday, which was fun to watch. I hadn't, you know, I hadn't really watched a Texas soccer game since I was on campus like a decade ago. So it was good to see that, uh, you hit on men's uh, men's basketball they absolutely trounced something called Lipscomb um 80 to 57 uh what did you think about that game you know you said you watched it Lipscomb sounds like a, a brand of dip or something like yeah, that it does. Lipscomb yeah <laughs> uh you know here's here's the thing about Texas basketball it's it's fun again when I watch that team it's fun to watch after last year even the year before that the the team it just seemed like a grind watching these games and now you see this team with a lot more energy. They're passing the ball better. Um, they have more athleticism, a lot more depth. It's just a fun team to watch. And if they can ever find that sneaky three-point shot that seems to evade them sometimes, it's going to be a really, really dangerous team down the stretch. Uh, but right now, they're, they're off to a good start. I'm really excited to see them in this tournament coming up against Butler. And then potentially, I think it's against – they could play Duke if, uh, if Duke advances to the next round as well. That would be – Wild. So yeah, they're playing in the PK-80, um, which they revealed some uniforms that I'm not a huge fan of, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, women's basketball just blasted UTSA 120 to 70, which you don't see that in 2K. So that's really impressive, but they scored the third most points in program history, which is phenomenal. And then you mentioned uh, volleyball continues to just astound. They haven't dropped a match since September 13th, they just got done absolutely dominating Kansas, uh, who's ranked, I think. Uh, they close out their home schedule Wednesday against OU Sucks. Um, that'll be on Longhorn Network if you guys want to watch it. I probably will not be because my parents don't get Longhorn Network and I'm going home for the holiday. But Oof. we'll try to watch it. Maybe I'll watch it on my phone. We'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so the sports are going well. And then swimming and diving, they just, I, I don't even, I feel bad talking about them because like they don't, they don't really give anybody a chance. So, uh, so Wes, every week, Kyle and I close out the, the show with a little segment honoring one of our favorite, uh, you know, Texas traditions, big Bertha talk about banging the drum. So what are you going to bang the drum on this week? So I'd love to, to jump into some premature Texas athletic director talk. Love and it. I, it's coming off the heels of news that Mac Brown expressed interest in the job. And, um, you know, I, I, I thought that was super interesting. I always knew that the idea or the scenario of Mac Brown being the athletic director was out there. Um, you, you know, the original idea didn't ever play out at like probably like how Mac Brown and other UT fans wanted it to where Mac would have beaten Alabama in the 2009 national championship. And then after that potentially retired and then 
stepped into a athletic director. He's kind of taken a roundabout way to potentially being the athletic director of Texas. But I just thought it was super interesting that um, after all these years, how we kind of become full circle to Mac Brown now expressing serious interest into the job. And, and I've just been pondering my thoughts on him as the athletic director. And uh, you know, I, I think he wouldn't be the perfect athletic director given, I say that given the nature of media today in the world of sports, given the nature of um, all that goes into branding and marketing but he's not going to be terrible at it. He absolutely understands the value of having a strong brand. He was absolutely there when Texas really the brand of, of UT sports skyrocketed with the help of the lost odds. And, uh, and then, you know, when it comes to the sports part of it, uh, having Tom Herman in there is a great relationship already. I, I don't think he'd have any problem working with Shaka smart. He's already worked with the Longhorn network quite a bit. So he understands that side of it. He's in TV right now with ESPN. And then finally, we know how good of a, uh, I don't want to say salesman, but how personable he is. <laughs> how, how person, I'm going to use the word personable. How personable he is with people uh, to a point where, I, you know, he'd have a great relationship with the big donors and, and really know how to be political with them when the time comes. So I, I, to me, that was just a super interesting piece of, of news that came out that he was interested in the job. And I'll be really, really interested to see where Texas goes from this. I, you know, it's going to be tough for Texas to say no to Mac Brown. Like, how do you, can you really say no to Mac Brown, the guy that helped you, your football team win a national championship and brought this brand to a level or helps bring this brand to a level that it really had never been to before? I don't think they would. You said Mac Brown's would be great as kind of a statesman for the department. I had a couple of classes with some players and one of them described Mac Brown as being able to sell a ketchup popsicle to a man wearing white gloves. So I'm <laughs> totally on board uh, with him as a statesman and an ambassador for the program. So my bang the drum this week is probably pretty cheesy, but I'm going to do it anyways. It's the week of Thanksgiving. And I just want to talk about how thankful I am specifically for this podcast, the opportunity to do it. And you guys listening to us every week, it has far exceeded my expectations on what would happen. You know, we're, we're couple three months in and and we have hit numbers that I didn't think we would. So again, I'm so thankful. It's been a dream of mine for a long time. I told an old boss of mine that I was going to host a radio show. They laughed at me. And so getting to do this is so cool. So thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. And I hope you guys keep listening. Even after football is over, we'll keep the content going. Like we just talked about basketball is coming around the corner. Kyle is super excited about Mo Bamba. I'm not going to try to say it like he does, uh, but we'll keep it up. So that is all the time we have for this week. Thank you so much for listening in. And again, it would mean a ton to us if you left us a rating or a review on iTunes. Share this with your friends. Share this with your coworkers. Subscribe wherever you find it. iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Wes, where can the good folks find you on the internet? Find me on Twitter at Wes K-C-R-O-C-H-E-T. So at Wes K Crochet on Twitter. And then, of course, I'm always over on Burn Orange Nation. That's our, uh, our home base over there. And uh, yeah, that's, those are the two spots. And I guess now I'm forever on this uh, recorded podcast too, huh? You are now a Longhorn Republic alum and I will probably bug you anytime Kyle or I need to go out of town. Uh, <laughs> Love it. You can find me on Twitter. I am at GH Goodridge. You can find uh, the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. Thank you so much for listening in again. And until next time, welcome. see ya. See ya.